Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to another episode of this freaking show. The weekly podcast <clears throat> with a little bit of something. Oh, and sorry about that. What the fuck are you doing, sorry. Joe? I hit the mute button. My <laughs> been acting up. So I hit it before I coughed, but it didn't actually do anything. Can you just sorry. turn your head away from the microphone? <laughs> no, no uh, this thing can hear the mice fucking in the mall, in the walls, in the cool. malls cool. of America and Minnesota. <laughs> Jesus. No, it's fine. Uh, Sorry. But two, no, but two two things gonna happen now that uh, because of this, uh, we're <laughs> not gonna we're not gonna edit this out. Um, and now you get to do the intro. I get to do the intro. Now you get to do the intro. Ooh. Oh wow! Interesting. Excuse me a moment. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of This Freaking Show, the show with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. I'm your host, Cartoon Joe, and with me as always... Awkward Colin. And Travesty. <laughs> that was really weird doing? for me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also realized just... I didn't say Geekcast Joe because I was reading what I had typed in here on Zencaster. <laughs> I just can't win today is what it what it comes down to. Oh god, god. I should I should go to bed before someone burns me as a witch. It's probably the safest oh, option. <laughs> but but you, you you did all right. For for being put on the spot, you did okay there. Oh, uh, thanks. <laughs> uh but Yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of this freaking show. Uh, we are the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. Um, just give everyone a heads up on kind of what we're going to do with this show. Uh, we're going to do our normal bullshitting in the beginning here. And uh, then we're going to talk about the uh, newly released uh, two theaters, uh, Captain America Civil War. Um. There will be spoilers. We are going to go into detail about the movie, what happened in it, our thoughts and feelings about it, so on and so forth. So if for some reason you have yet to see the movie, first off, really get out. Do something with your life because it has been a week by the time you hear this. So, uh, secondly, Preach. secondly, um. Yeah, no, that's that's about it. Just get out, get out and watch the movie. It's it's kind of like uh, when we did the Marvel episode a few months ago, and I mentioned how the Ultron movie ended, and uh, Rob Base uh, mentioned a spoiler, and that was like three months. Now that's absurd. I get maybe a week wouldn't be enough time for certain people, but seriously, get out, <laughs> get off the couch, go sit in a theater. Literally three hours of your life. Okay, I went on Mother's Day. Okay, come on. I went the night sure it came out. <laughs> yeah. I drove to to Portage, Indiana, and I and I watched it in the theater at ten thirty at night. Really? Yep. Holy shit. Yep. And then I drove back, and I stopped at every Walgreens and CVS and Walmart along the way to buy my wife chocolate and Skittles for her class. And then I found twenty dollars <laughs> because this story is going nowhere. <laughs> oh yeah, um, <clears throat> quick question. Um, I'm not sure how movie theaters work as far as the previews they play. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if the previews I saw on Sunday are what the previews you saw um, on the night it came out. 
But did you see a preview for a movie called Free State of Jones? Uh, what? Free State of Jones. I don't think so. Okay. Here's here's the thing that um, you really have to do is you have to find this uh, preview to this movie and you have to watch it because literally it is probably going to be the greatest movie to come out about the actual Civil War that I am going to see in my life. It... It's an amazing, it looks it looks like an amazing movie just based on the preview. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my god, the previews you know, are like the best parts of like all the movies. I have no idea where I'm going with this because I'm just really excited for this movie to come out whenever it does come out. <laughs> so I think it's November. Is it November? Is it that far away? I believe so. Anyways. Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Yeah, and I'm and watching it, I'm watching it right now. I can't hear anything because I haven't muted, but I'm watching it. Well, well, see, that's, that's one thing is like you have to hear it. Without without hearing it, you kind of get away from the whole uh, uh, feeling for what the preview is. But like I was telling Colin, if you don't um, hear Matthew McConaughey's voice, which actually this might be a perfect example since you can't hear it. If you look at Matthew McConaughey not knowing it's Matthew McConaughey, doesn't it kind of look like Christian Bale? Yeah, it kind of does. Okay, I was what? way, way the fuck off on that release date. It's actually on the 13th. Of what May of this month? Yeah. So this Friday. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So, so it comes out this week. Yeah. Comes oh. out on Friday. I can't believe I've never seen a preview for it. But I guess at the same time, the last time I went to a movie was. God, when was the last time I went to a movie? Uh, when you when you saw when Captain we- America: Civil War. Well, yeah, besides yeah. Oh, before that, Deadpool probably. Deadpool. It oh, was yeah, Deadpool. Deadpool. I didn't see a preview for this movie when we saw Deadpool, and that was two months ago. Yeah, no. that's crazy to me. But this looks like a phenomenal movie, and I definitely want to talk about this movie on our show eventually, so we're all going to go see this movie too. That's That's fine with me. Awesome. When America was at its most divided. Sorry, yeah. that was really good. I like that his beard is as shitty as mine. <laughs> it makes me feel really good about myself, really. I like That's how his beard is as shitty as um, Batman's when he was stuck in that prison hole. <laughs> yeah. That's literally the same exact beard. Like, to anyone listening to this who have never seen a preview for um, Free State of Jones, if you want to know what Matthew McConaughey looks like, Picture Christian Bale in the prison hole in, um, was it uh, Batman Dark Knight Rising? Yeah. It was? Yep. Dark Knight yeah, Rising. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. When he, yeah, when he's all strung up because he broke his back and shit. If you want to know what McConaughey looks like in this movie, it's exactly like Christian Bale in that prison hole. You it's know, I don't think the movie, sadly, is not playing near us, Travis. Well, then. Fuck theaters. Yeah, I hate those limited release bullshit. I do too. Well, Especially, I mean, that's a that's that's a huge and relevant film, and it's got Matthew McConaughey in it. How could it? Uh, nah, doesn't matter. It's all about funding. <laughs> I mean, granted, it did have a sixty-five million dollar budget. Yeah, I'd expect the release to be bigger, but. 
Yeah. Do you uh do you think and I and I have no frame of reference on like McConaughey movies, um, but do you think that if he never did True Detective, that he could pull off the serious role he's gonna be in this movie? Or do you think he can um, actually do serious roles? I mean, like I know, I know he was in like other serious roles before that, but I mean, like every time I think of McConaughey, all I can think about is either uh, Magic Mike or somebody going, "All right, all right, all right," you know, like, <laughs> right? Or like, or like failure to launch Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was was he in like um, oh fuck, was it? It wasn't Fast Time Richmond High. It was Days Confused. One of those two, right? He was in one of those. I, I yes, but I don't know which one. <laughs> And Glory I could Google day. it, but I'm doing other stuff right yeah. now. No, absolutely. But I mean, I'm saying like, I mean, like, I can think of all these goofy movies he's in. I can't think of other than True Detective, Lincoln Lawyer, right? He was oh, a Lincoln Lawyer. Oh yeah, the Lincoln Lawyer. But okay, so without True Detective, do you think he could pull off a serious role like he's going to in this one? Because I mean, obviously, without seeing the movie, this has to be a very serious role that he's going to be part of, because he's going to portray a real person and real events. I'd imagine he would be able to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I think he could still do it, but I'm not entirely sure that he would have been chosen for it. You know, uh, I don't know that the audience would be ready to take him seriously in a role as serious as this if he hadn't done serious work in the past. Because he is, I mean, yeah, comedy comedy actors tend to get pretty shafted on serious roles. So, in my yeah. opinion... Well, this looks like a great movie. Um, outside of the Civil War movie we're going to talk about right now, this will this looks like also a great Civil War movie. Yeah, well played. Uh, I know, right? That's what I told Colin. I'm like, that looks like the greatest Civil War movie ever, except for the one we're about to watch. As I said, it's in theaters. <laughs> which I, which I, it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And but, then um, I realized, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so um, beyond that, uh, let's get into what we really want to talk about because I want to get into every uh, every detail of this movie uh, within this show. Um, so, uh, somebody who wants to start out, you know, talk about the beginning of it, like the very beginning of it. When somebody, somebody started out. <laughs> Man, well, the very it definitely beginning. started very good. <laughs> um, pretty much took off right where the last one ended, correct? I mean, uh, you yes. Because you had the character. The... Did we mention that there would be spoilers? Oh, yeah. We're, 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 gonna, we're going to assume that everyone has seen this movie as we talk about it. <laughs> so before we progress, uh, there are spoilers to come. Um, <laughs> with that being said, the Hydra agent, or Hydra guy, I don't know what his name was in the second one, but, uh... Oh, are you talking about Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier? No, not Bucky Barnes, the... <laughs> the... Crossbones? Yeah, Crossbones, I don't know what gotcha. his name was. Yeah, and, Crossbones. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what his name was either, but I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. The guy who plays Crossbones, it starts off with him, and then it, but it also starts off with the Winter Soldier. It actually starts in 1991, 
going with the how the Winter Soldier, more of how he became to be Hydra and uh, under their control, correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, and how there's code words that basically trigger words for him. If it are set in a certain order, it will trigger him to um, basically. Well, it, it, it resets his programming and makes him a compliant soldier. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, but, I had to think about it. It's it's the whole the movie was long, like an hour longer than I thought it was going to be, which is great. <laughs> I'm really happy about that. But the downside is, is I can't remember like exactly what happened. I know that I was just in a haze of joy for like three hours. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> it, it was a two and a half hour long movie. It was a good movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really good. But it starts off with crossbones, the guy that got crushed in the building. At the end, yep. uh, Winter Soldier. So if you guys know who I'm talking about, that's who, how this movie starts off with the bad guys <laughs> to introduce uh, everybody into this movie or the team, Captain America's team pretty much. Um, they're basically going after a disease because uh, they break into the Institute of Infectious Diseases <laughs> And from the dialogue, it appears that this Crossbones guy was hired by somebody. Um, doesn't say who it was. Uh, but needless to say, Captain America uh, beats his ass and everyone else is on his team. Uh, beats up Crossbones people. And uh, pretty much saved the day, except... It's basically what sets off the whole beginning of the movie and what progresses to eventually become <laughs> what the Civil War is, which is having to – it splits the team because of what happens because they create what's called the Soko, Sokov Accords. Sarkovia um, Accords. Sarkovia Accords. Thank you, Joe. Yep. Uh, and it's it, because a tragic incident happened that probably could have been avoided if things were looked upon differently or action was taken differently. But sadly, it wasn't. And basically, the rest of the world feels that there should be repercussions for this. And <laughs> the Avengers are split on how they feel. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whew. Yes. So did it I was do so a good, good job <laughs> in introducing that movie? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so the biggest thing that bothered me about the intro is, okay, so they're in Nigeria and Crossbones and his crew stealing the bioweapon. Uh, the biggest thing that bothers me about how this whole thing played out is that Crossbones could have been a great character to use in a future movie, and they pretty much just killed him off within the first ten minutes. Yeah, I agree. That was kind of stupid. That was really disappointing. <laughs> I have to agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's one thing to, like, I mean, and obviously, you know, his death pretty much introduces the whole uh, 
um, Accord and everything, you know, with Scarlet Witch trying to maintain uh, the explosion that he set off on his own. Um, and obviously trying to lift him up out of harm's way, but couldn't hold it for long. Blows up the building next to it, killing 20-something people. But, I mean, granted that, you know, he's the reason this all started. He, they had this huge uh, scene, I, and I think it was a post credit scene in the uh, Winter Soldier movie, uh, where, you know, he's in, where he's, you know, offered an opportunity to become something more. He becomes something more, and then within 10 minutes, he pretty much kills himself off. It's garbage. Yeah. I agree. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it's fair. In my opinion, they could have probably spun it to where Crossbones was the main bad guy throughout that entire movie. I've yeah, you know, you're probably right. As, because as opposed to having uh, Baron Von Zemo. <laughs> that was definitely one of my biggest pet peeves. It was just some guy. I mean, maybe in the comic book realm he plays a bigger part but right from just not knowing anything of the background to me that's just like some dude that's pissed and then he just is just goes on this like mission to completely sabotage him with no background yeah absolutely and then like you know obviously we'll get into it later and everything but like you know the scene where um the guy what what was guy zima Zemo? Zemo? Yeah, Zemo. Uh, Zemo. Zemo. Where uh where he's talking to the word soldier inside the uh that facility that they're uh, interrogating and stuff like that. They could use that as a perfect opportunity for Zemo to release, you know, a captured crossbones. Right, absolutely. You know? But um but yeah, so yeah. I mean I mean I, I think they could have done a lot more crossbones. It's a shame that they killed it off because I like that guy. I mean he he played his uh character really well in Winter Soldier and in the short scene that he had in this movie. Oh yeah. yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I and I think uh I, I think I think what it comes down to is uh it was a movie that already had so many characters that we have to care about that they yeah. didn't want us to have to worry about this guy. And so it, it allowed them to move the plot forward at the loss of, of, of actually a pretty excellent villain. And and really, I mean, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nobody really stays dead for very long. So it's entirely – I mean, he had a building dropped on him at the end of Winter Soldier. It's entirely possible he shows up again at some point in the future, even though he exploded himself. <laughs> you think so? I mean, they've done crazier things. <laughs> so – so yeah, we'll have to see that. So okay, so you get so you get past that opening scene, and uh, yeah, like kind of mentioned, uh, the movie did start out in '91. Um, now I'm trying to remember what came next. Was it the the scene with the car accident in front of the house, or was it Tony Stark at uh, MIT? Which one? I think it next? was Tony Stark at MIT. We had we had creepy young Robert Downey Jr. who looks kind of like a like a fat 19 year old Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it went into the um, after that scene. It did go into the MIT scene where he was using his regressive therapy or glasses or yeah. whatever he called them. That costs like what six point eleven million dollars. Insane <laughs> number that I can't quantify yeah. or conceptualize. Um, yeah. Basically, it goes on saying uh, <laughs> how it's a great thing, but that was way too th- expensive to make. And then he goes on stating that 
everybody, all the students, current students, have all their projects funded and accepted so they don't have to worry about it. Um, so they can go out and build better, bigger and better things for the future. <laughs> um, and it leads into uh, – I'd imagine what takes place at the end of Iron Man 3, which is with Pepper Potts, correct, Travis? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's reading a teleprompter and they mention Pepper Potts coming out there, mm-hmm. but she's a no-show. Uh, and they never changed the teleprompter, and he's all upset about it. And then he meets <laughs> a lady whose son died in Sokovia, which was in Avengers in, 2. Yeah, Age of Ultron. Ultron. Mm-hmm. And basically that is what flips um, – uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character Iron Man to side with the Soviet Accords. Yeah, and I actually think that's one of the most interesting changes in the film because uh, what ends up happening is it's a Captain America movie. Like you have to remember that the whole way through. But the only person Cap is really fighting throughout the entire film is Tony Stark. Yeah. So it's sort of this 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 moment that that all of these films have been leading up to is Iron Man is tr- is actually the villain in this film, even though he's a hero, yeah. um, which I just think was was really really masterfully done. I thought mm-hmm. um, I actually think like like killing Crossbones and having Zemo be kind of like this sort of secondary character who's sort of like pulling strings and stuff uh, yeah. really. Uh, I could have almost done without the Zemo and Crossbones stuff because the rest of the movie is actually just Cap and Iron Man duking it out over several different stages. And I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's them duking it out, but it's also them wanting to find like a peaceful ground too. I mean, Iron right. Man sits there and tries to like, hey, this is for the good of everyone. I mean, like the, the pen scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, I, I it's not that he's just hardcore villain in this movie. It's, oh, yeah. No, no. He's very swayed captain to see uh, a positive in. Right. Well, it's it's sort of what what like Batman versus Superman should have been. Right. Iron Man is playing Batman, a guy who who just wants he, he wants the world to be a better place and he's going to do it. Uh, at the cost of this seemingly unbeatable, these I guess in the in the case of the Marvel universe, it's these seemingly unbeatable gods, these enhanced humans, um, and and Iron Man is is basically playing the part of of Batman in this and and saying, no, we we have too much power. This is not good for anybody. We we shouldn't we should be limited. Um, we you know. We're, we've gone too far. And, and I think the interesting thing for me as, as a person who's been following these movies since, the, since they started and, and obsessing over them because that's what I do instead of writing term papers. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the really interesting thing is this is a, this is a course that, that Tony Stark has been on since Iron Man 1. I mean ever since the very first – really – I mean I guess if you, if you even include the Hulk, ever since the, the – the very beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this has been a story about how Iron Man 
can't seem to control his impulses, whether it's, you know, trying to be a superhero and have a secret identity. He can't do that. He ends the movie by saying, aha, I'm Iron Man because he loves the attention. And then, you know, in the next film, it's by the, by the time you get to, to Captain America Winter Soldier, it's I'm going to build these airships and these airships are going to kill people who are committing crimes before the crimes happen. Yeah. And uh, and Captain America stops it. You know, and, and then you have Iron Man uh, – is it Iron Man 3 where he creates the suits of armor that are going to do all this stuff and they get taken over. And then you get to, to old, Age of Ultron where he's still trying – he's trying to control his environment. And by doing so, he absolutely loses control. And so really the, the only person who's completely out of control in any of these films is Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man character. Oh, and yeah. he is, he's pushing that off. He's transferring all of that guilt onto the rest of the Avengers instead of just stepping down like he should have done when Nick Fury told him he could not be Iron Man. Yeah. The, the thing is like <clears throat> if, if Tony Stark would have listened to Thor at the beginning of Age of Ultron – Sokovia never would have happened. Right, absolutely. I mean, it's. I mean, he sits there and he wants to say that <clears throat> everyone needs to be put in check. Every single person with an ability to help another needs to be put in check, needs to fall in line, needs to sign it. When the truth is, the only person that needs to fall in line and needs to sign it is him himself. You know, he can't sit there and point blame at everybody and say it's everyone's fault because at the end of the day, Ultron wouldn't have existed if Tony Stark didn't try to do something that he felt was beneficial for everybody. Absolutely agree. You know, yes. and but um yeah, so he goes to MIT, he meets the uh the woman, uh shows him the picture and everything, and then he shows up at the compound with uh is a Ross General Ross, right? Yeah. He's not General Ross. He's um Secretary. Well, I think he's a senator now, but yeah, or no, something like that, or an ambassador, State. Secretary of State. Secretary of State, I believe. Yeah. So then, uh, so then uh, you have you have the meeting, or like even before the meeting, like um, I think like it's maybe like the first like comedic part of it where uh, you know, obviously Scarlet Witch is in a room watching the news, you know. Steve walks in, make sure she's all right, and then Vision walks through the wall. Uh-huh. Tell him, you know, Scarlet Witch looks at him and like, you know, what did I tell you about coming through the wall? He's like, well, the door was open. Yeah. Uh, I love I love the fact that Vision is trying to be so normal that he's wearing a fucking sweater vest. Yeah. Right? <laughs> God, I love Vision. And actually, if you, if you read the comic books, he and Scarlet Witch have a pretty intense romance coming up. And I thought that this film did a really good job of opening, sort of blossoming that. Oh, definitely. You know, it really, really showing that like, you know, this is the woman who's captivating his, his recently created imagination. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I they, just, uh, uh, it was adorable. You could definitely, even, I mean, even with the battle, they're just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right? So. Oh, yeah. It's it's the cutest romance since Cecil and Carlos of the Night Welcome to Night Vale podcast. <laughs> so, and, and if you don't know what that is, you should go listen to it like yesterday. It's great. But anyway, um, so yeah, so they're so they're all there. Um, they get the announcement that uh, Tony showed up with um, Ross. They go to the meeting. In the meeting, uh, you have sitting around the table. You have uh, Captain America, War Machine, Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, Falcon. Um, 
Vision. Really everybody, yeah. Yeah, and then you have Tony, not at the table, but in the room, kind of sitting in the back of the corner, just kind of sitting there. Yeah, because he knows what it's all about anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. And that's when they kind of just, you know, drop it on him. It's like, hey, we're putting together this accord. We're putting together this agreement, you know, saying that they've been doing this for way too long. And they started showing video footage of New York, Washington, D.C., Sarkovia, Nigeria, and everything. Um, and, uh, it's kind of a, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, everyone, everyone knew whose side everyone was going to choose. Right. Um, and probably, you know, Black Widow gave the most, you know, honest and intelligent argument. It's like, hey, listen, you might as well sign it because it's going to happen. It needs to happen. And you know what? At least if you sign it, it's what, 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 what exactly did you say? It's like you can still have control by having one hand on the wheel. It's, yeah. It's something like, I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it worked. And she was absolutely right. You know, after signing it, you know, you can still do what you got to do. There's just got to be limitations on it. And it's best to have one hand on the wheel so you can still control, but as soon as you let go, you know, that's when everything falls apart pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense. I mean, she, she, I think, has the most to lose out of everyone there. You know, she, she's been a double agent. Everyone knows that. You know, she, she's already gone up against the U.S. government by releasing all of the Hydra uh, secret records and stuff that, that, exposed such a huge portion of the the u.s government within the mcu uh you know uh, and she's been basically pardoned for i mean she's been she's been treated very leniently for everything and i think for the first time in her life she has a moment of sort of peace and i don't think she wants to give that up i I think losing that is is too hard for her you know yeah i mean i'd imagine that would be uh, very hard for her to do because, I mean, she's an assassin. Right. So <laughs> if she's not going for good, it's more than likely people might want to kill her. So Right. Exactly. If she, she loses the protection of the government, she loses the protection of the Avengers. I mean, she has basically nothing left. Yeah. Even though, like Vision said, that they would still protect one another through stuff or right through helping. I mean, cause Scarlet witch brought it up um, because she was pretty much what triggered the incident to kick off. So. Right. Right. So, but that's, that's the crazy thing to me is, is the way that the media can spin things. I mean, even, even inside the film, I thought that was a really nice touch because I mean, if that bomb had been allowed to go off in in the area where it was, it would have killed forty or fifty people. Oh yeah, I think it would have killed more people if it was right. Around. Absolutely, and it only killed what fourteen to twenty. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just so. that people are so weak and don't want to accept death and anything. Right. They it, well, and uh, it, there's there's a lot of fear. You know, there's this, there's a lot of, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these seemingly limitless beings in my world. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, and, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the movie's not real, but I mean, like, if you're to take, like, you know, the events happening there and you, like, put it in real life, like, people don't give a shit about the hundreds of people you save. They care about the two people that die because of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, yeah, yeah. That's the realism I'm talking about. 
and obviously, you know, death is a horrible thing. Nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to see others die. But there's always a casualty of war. There's always, you know, somebody who falls for the greater good. And the thing is, if, you know, if somebody, you know, like Captain America, if Captain America blew up right there, they look at him like a hero and they wouldn't even care about the people that died at that point. They care about, like, this guy died to save these other people. But since he right. survived and innocent people died, all of a sudden it's a huge ordeal. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. F- fuck fake people. <laughs> <laughs> in, in movies also and real true. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they, they, had a, they had a dispute um, about it. Obviously, you know, um, what's the next scene? Next scene's at the UN meeting. Yes. But, uh, we, we, still got, we still got to talk about... Um, I can't keep forgetting Zemo. Um, yeah. so his name is Zemo, yeah. right? Okay. Um, Joey, want to give a quick rundown how Zemo uh, found the guy, what he was looking for, and all that? Finally got. Oh, the red um, yeah. Are we going to go through this scene by scene? Is that the plan <laughs> for tonight? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Absolutely. I want to go. Okay. I want to go through just, scene by scene. Absolutely. I'm just asking. It was absolutely three hour movie. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, was just, I just I just want to pick a scene I want to talk about real quick, and then we keep moving on to the next one. I just, gotcha. I, Fair I, enough. I just, yeah. So 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 we we saw at the beginning of the film that uh, that the Winter Soldier can be sort of programmed and reprogrammed and reprogrammed and reprogrammed <laughs> over and over and over again to do the bidding of whichever you know shady non governmental society whatever uh, wants to use him. And so uh, what we have is is Baron, Z- Baron Von Zemo, who I'm not sure he's actually going by that yet, but that's who he will be eventually. But Zemo is is sort of hunting down the members of Hydra who were there in, in 91 doing these experiments and reprogramming uh, Bucky to, to kill, um, as we find out later in the film, Tony Stark's parents. Mm-hmm. Um and so he's he's hunting down this special code book at first, and he finds it. And then he's hunting down the guys who can help him read it, uh, so that he can do what he needs to do and reprogram Bucky to do his bidding. Which we're really not sure what it is at this point in the film. So, but basically, it's to cause the fight between Iron Man and and Captain America, which is makes no sense. But good for you, guy who made it happen. i'm glad you did that or else i wouldn't have had a film to watch fictional character i don't care about um so yeah that's that's baron von zemo and uh he was there in sarkovia his wife and child died and uh that's why he hates you america that's why he hates everyone yeah. So so yeah. So he gets he gets the book that controls um, Winter Soldier, and this is where he starts putting his plan into effect. Um, also, uh, you know, I'm not gonna spoil this part, but uh, Captain America gets some bad news at this point. I'm not gonna spoil that part for you because that has nothing to do with the movie. I say, it's the one part of the film that you already know about. <laughs> yeah. So um, so after you get past that, uh, then we get to the UN meeting where they're going to uh, sign these. Uh, Accord and everything, and this is where we meet Black Panther. <laughs> yes. Yep, so uh, so we get to the UN. Um, Tony Stark is there, Black Widow's there, uh, the king of Nigeria there. Uh, is it T'Challa? Uh, of Wakanda. And it, uh, Wakanda, yeah. Yeah, the, the imaginary Chaka. African nation. 
And yeah, uh, yeah he is T'Chaka. And you can remember that because uh, it's the same as his son, T'Challa, but with the, the last consonants have been changed to the next letter in the alphabet. So T'Chaka is K, T'Challa is L. Presumably T'Challa has a son named T'Chama and T'Chana and so forth. But Okay. Well, we Sorry, I'm being sarcastic. And... In the Black Panther movie to come. Right. I'm, a, I'm at a whole different level of tired right now. <laughs> All right. So, so, the, so the king's there with his son. He introduces his son to Black Widow. Um, they talk about how this is a good thing. They talk about how this is the best thing. Um and as the king is up there giving his speech, talking about obviously you know the uh, the people from Wakanda who were in Nigeria to help out, unfortunately died from the explosion. Um, T'Challa looks outside, sees uh, some bomb detecting uh, cops and dogs uh, run away from a van. He tries to yell people to get down, and it's too late. Explosion goes off, and Chika 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 whatever. Tchaka, Chikaki, Chikaki, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we we need to not do this so late anymore. Chikala, whatever. I don't even care. King died. He did. Uh, Ch- T'Challa. T'Challa's father died, and um, he takes the ring. Um, obviously, the ring is something important. Uh, you guys will eventually learn about it if you don't know about it already. Um, father dies to try to clean up the explosion, and, uh, Black Widow sits there on the bench with him, apologizes, and he goes on to make his big speech about vengeance, that he is going to kill the Winter Soldier because they believe that the Winter Soldier did this based on footage that they see. Um, when this all happens at this point, Captain America is with the Falcon right now, uh, searching for, uh, Bucky, and miraculously they figure out exactly where he's at. Because that's how life works. <laughs> yep. Um, that's so we the get, fake world we live in. <laughs> so we get so we get to the point now where uh, Captain America is in the room of uh, Winter Soldier, which before that even happens, I mean, like, how normal is Winter Soldier now that he's out buying fruit in the streets? Right. Just just a normal guy, big ass metal fucking arm, buying right. plums. He had his arm covered up. <laughs> so, so, anyways, he gets back to his room. He sees Captain America there. He hears that he's getting surrounded by uh, uh, German cops. Goes to escape. Captain Draw stops him. He knocks Captain to the ground, throws his hand up in the air, says he can't kill them. Where a soldier looks at him and says, I don't want to kill anybody. Punches through the wall or through the ground where he has a backpack hidden. Out the window he goes. Oh, no, what is it? Out the stairway. Uh, yeah. yeah, he goes yeah. through the door. Yeah, so people start breaking in. He starts punching people and everything. And the guy who literally just said he doesn't plan on killing anyone punches someone over a railing. Luckily, Captain America is there to save him before he dies. Because we all know no one dies in Disney movies yet. Right. <laughs> Except for all those people Captain America kills. Yeah. Except all those people that Captain America <laughs> kills. <laughs> um, because normal so people they... can't handle his punches, let's be honest. <laughs> So Captain America Winter Soldier is beating up, it seems like, dozens upon dozens of uh, cops and, um, you know, special tactical people, whoever the fuck they are. Uh, eventually, they jump out of a doorway um, onto a roof, onto a falling roof, and that's where we meet Black Panther. And I got to say, Black Panther is now my favorite fucking character, 
just because of this movie. Good. Really? He's a great character. Absolutely. I'm very excited about his existence. Absolutely. I love I love how his whole suit's made of vibranium. I love how he's taking shots from a helicopter without giving a shit. <laughs> he yep. did do that, that's for sure. Um and it's things like I mean like and obviously I got I gotta get more information about Black Panther because I don't know a lot about him, but he has to be just a normal guy like uh like Hawkeye or Black Widow. Yeah, I think more or less uh, he's he is a genius. Uh, he's good at he's good at physics and stuff like Tony Stark. But he also has uh, advanced martial arts training, uh, diplomacy skills, etc. and so forth. I mean, he is the king of Wakanda now. Um, <laughs> yeah. On top of also having a suit made of vibranium with some sweet retractable claws. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think he also um, he definitely had this. Uh, not uh, maybe not as I, I don't think he would necessarily match Black Widow and uh, uh, Hawkeye. I mean, he was running really fucking fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that was my and that was one of my favorite parts of the movie too. Is like you get three like super powerful men who are running in traffic with cars. You know, what oh, I mean, yeah. they. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I mean he was literally. Uh, I mean, we all know Captain America can run really fast. Mm-hmm. And same with uh, what's his nuts, uh, Winter Soldier. <laughs> and then Black Panther was equally at their speed. So that that shows he's got some something a little more than the Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. Right. Well, and, right. and that's and. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I mean, it, there has to be something like with the necklace he had on, uh, the ring that he uh, was wearing, because he, you have to have some kind of energy or some kind of uh, something about you that makes you be able to run that fast. Because, I mean, like, you can't do that if you're just, you know, human. Yeah. I mean, there's no Right, way. that's fair. Um, but yeah, so after the big chase scene, uh, after Black Panther's introduced, he goes out to where a soldier thinking that he's the one to set off the bomb and everything. They're chasing each other down the street. Eventually they all get surrounded by cops who takes them in to, um, is, that the, is it the CIA? Yeah, they bring him to the CIA, right? Yeah, more or less, I think that's the case. Yeah, so CIA-like building where they relinquish them of all their, uh, um, Outfits, costumes, whatever you want to call them, um, and they're not put in jail; they're just put in separate rooms. Well, Winter Soldier, he is completely um, locked up in like some kind of fucking pod. Uh, Captain America and uh, T'Challa are just put in offices because obviously they don't really want to arrest them, but they need to, you know, detain them. Um, somebody want to talk about the conversation that, uh, Tony Stark and, uh, Steve Rogers had at this point? Because this looks like the kind of, this looks like the point of the movie where it looked like Captain America was going to give in and sign this, um, this agreement. Yeah, this was where the pens came into play. Yeah. Um, where they had a whole Captain America and Iron Man had a discussion about signing... And he, Captain America, made the statement that <laughs> uh, there would have to be stipulations to him signing. 
And then, uh, what, uh, <laughs> Iron Man says is what sets him off. It's like, okay, well, we have to worry about the PR before we can worry about changing anything. So basically, let's, let's show the public that we're okay, but, and then, but then we'll talk about changing shit. Which is, yeah. See, I, I don't think that's what set him off more as him finding out that Scarlet Witch was being um, held prisoner pretty much at the... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's right. He was yeah, just exactly. like, they're being detained, but they're not being detained. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I remember, like, like, you know, obviously Captain America brings up Tony Stark's dad, saying, like, you know, he's happy he found somebody. And Tony, like, whips around, like, oh, did you know my dad? Because it's not like he never talked to you, talked about you every single day. And, and like, he, like, he, like, I, I guess this is, like, where you kind of finally realize that maybe Tony Stark was never really a big fan of Captain America. Yeah. Like, like maybe Captain America was, like, a burden um, that he had to live with, like, his whole life, like, maybe being compared to him or something in some way by his father. Yeah. Um, right. But, well, and, that, and that's uh, pretty clear. It, if, if it wasn't made clear in the other films, uh, the fact mm-hmm. that uh, the the Starks uh, die with the super soldier serum in the back of their car. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Open yeah. your eyes, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but... But yeah, so I mean, so I mean that happens. Um, they they have the conversation. Tony Stark mentions uh, that you know Scarlet Witch won't be, you know, kept at the you know kept there by herself and everything. That sets Tony off or sets uh, Captain America off. Um, at this point, uh, Zemo shows up as the uh, doctor there to talk to. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, while the conversation is going on and everything, uh, a package is delivered to a uh, what's it called? What's it like a uh, power field? I can't remember. Uh, electric plant, power plant. Yeah, kind of like an electric power plant kind of area where pretty much all the electricity to the town is at. Um, it turns out to be like an electric bomb that uh, destroys all the power. An EMP. Is it, I guess I don't know. I, I yeah, know. I believe that's the case. Okay, so it's an EMP. It goes off. Uh, the power shuts down in the office. At that point, Zemo brings out the red book and starts uh, saying the words, saying those trigger words to turn Winter Soldier into the Winter Soldier, or Bucky into the Winter Soldier again. And did anyone catch the fact that one of those words were homecoming? Yeah. How what about, about, about freight car? Yeah. Yep, I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of cute. And then, uh, so... So he's doing this and everything. He's saying the trigger ro- uh, words. Um, Bucky's breaking out of the uh, the pod he's he kept in. As soon as he busts through, all of a sudden he is brainwashed again. He's ready to command. Uh, he's ready to uh, take his orders and everything. And Zemo asks him about 1991. Obviously, he mentions you know he tells him to start doing something. Captain America gets to the room with Falcon at that point. Uh, Winter Soldier pretty much knocks Falcon down, starts fighting with Captain America. Black Panther starts being his badass self again to try to take out Winter Soldier. At that point, Winter Soldier's gone again. 
Yep. Pretty simple. Uh, Captain America takes off. Falcon takes off. Ross gives uh, Tony Stark 48 hours or 36 hours to find him. And this is where Tony Stark goes to get extra help. And- Can I actually say, what bullshit is that, by the way? Especially, like, with the way things go later in the film. Like, your guy tells you it's going to take 72 hours. And then you say, no, fuck that. You have to do it in half the time you think you can do it in, or else uh, we're arresting all of you. Well, that's politics. Like, come on, man. <laughs> it's like, what? This, is, this is supposed to be a partnership. That's not, that's yeah. not compromise there, I mean, they guy. Don't well, it's, it's kind of like at the point like where now where you have to look at that guy and say to him, like, can you do this in 36 hours? Right. It's yeah. A, but it's and, and I, I agree with you. I think it's absolutely stupid. It's like, you know, to tell something, hey, you got a day and a half to achieve what no one else could really do. But best of luck to you. Oh, if you don't do it, you're in trouble and you're going to be in the uh, submerged prison that is actually pretty fun and cool when, uh, when that shows up. <laughs> right? Yeah. That um, whole, oh. But anyway, let's get to Hot Aunt May because I think that's next. That – when do you think you would ever get a chance to say that? I didn't think I would ever say it in my life until I saw this film. <laughs> But yeah, so all of a sudden uh, it skips to where Tony Stark is going to get some backup. You see a kid walking uh, up some stairs to an apartment building carrying a uh, DVD player. Lo and behold, there's Tony Stark sitting on a couch with some hot thing. Turns out to be Aunt May. And now we are introduced to Peter Parker. Who the, was the best part of this film, by the, the way. Really? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved Spider-Man in this film so much. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, Travis, proceed. (laughs) So, tell me if I missed it, but is there any way to explain to me how Tony Stark knew that was uh, Spider-Man? My best guess is that he just has an algorithm that helps him figure out where enhanced humans are. And uh, just was keeping. I, I assume he's keeping tabs on several at, at any given time. So I think I think that's also how we're going to find out how, like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage enter into the the bigger part of the Marvel universe um, in the films uh, is is through Tony Stark sort of figuring out where these people are at any given time and sort of tracking their their movements. But no, it was not explicitly stated. Okay, so, yep, so Tony Stark, um, Peter Parker, they go into his room to talk and everything. He says, you're Spider-Man. He says, oh, no, I says, obviously you are. He pokes the uh, attic uh, doorway, drops the suit down, reveals he truly is Spider-Man, and asks him for help. And I got to say that Spider-Man really did fight for the wrong side on this, and I think he realizes that when the big fight scene occurs, but... Um, yeah, but he's just so excited to be there. Yeah, I mean, I think he's in awe. I mean, like, obviously, because I think, like, what, what, what is Peter Parker in this uh, movie? Sixteen years old? Oh, if if that, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so, fourteen. So I don't know. Well, let's let's say absolutely sixteen years old. So if you if you think about the timeline, but these movies are shown and everything, if he's in shock and awe, effective on Iron Man himself. It was, what, almost a decade when Tony Stark revealed that he was Iron Man. That puts right. that puts Peter Parker at what? Somewhere between six, seven years old when he yep. realizes that Tony Stark is Iron Man, and there he is standing right in front of him. 
You know, I mean, like, it's like, you know, you watching, you know, the very first Harry Potter and boom, all of a sudden you walk in and your wife is like, hey, Gandalf is at dinner with us. Right, exactly. You know, it's it's like, so, anyway, so Tony Stark gets help, but Captain America has the same idea and he looks for help in his own way, which ends up being um, Ant-Man. Which was also great. Yeah. Ant-Man I was I, great. <laughs> I like to believe that everything that uh, Paul Rudd said in that scene was completely improvised. God, I hope so. Because that was, I mean, that's Paul Rudd in every single movie I've ever seen him in. He, <laughs> he was he hilarious. Just, he just gets out of that van, walks up Captain America, he's like just keeps grabbing onto his arms and shit. And like, wow, you're like really powerful. Right. He, he turns around, looks at Scarlet Witch, he's like, hey, it's Captain America, and they like double takes, like, hey, I know you, you're cool, you're cool too, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I mean, him. I mean, like he almost freaked out more. He fre- it seemed like he freaked out more than the sixteen-year-old did the Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, or at least in like a slightly different way. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I was so good. Yeah, and also I, I got to say the the like the three amigos of Iron Man or not Iron Man, Captain America, Falcon, and and Winter Soldier palling around in the old timey Beetle. Yeah, I would watch that show. Oh, and uh, what was it, Sharon Carter? When Sharon Carter brought back uh, all their like uniforms and like outfits, uh, God, like, yes. like that, and like they're kissing, they kiss right there, and they mention how like you know this is long overdue. He looks at the car, and there's Bucky and Falcon just sitting there nodding, smiling at him. Yeah, like, thumbs really? him up. <laughs> like like this is like a this is like a major situation they're in, but hey, you know, like like Cap get what he's getting because that's gotta be like the first kiss he had and. What eighty years? Well, the first real one, yeah. He does kiss yeah. Black Widow in in Winter Soldier, but it's not one with any emotion behind it. Oh yeah, that was just to that was a diversion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's the great thing about the spoiler we didn't talk about, but uh, um, mm-hmm. Cap is finally free to be Cap. You know, he he's yeah. no nothing else is holding him back anymore, and he gets to have the romance that I think he deserves. Mm-hmm. He gets he gets a lot of the stuff that I think he deserves in this film, and it just ugh. It warms my heart. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so uh, so they get so they get together. They you know the teams are starting to form, and then here on one side you have Captain America, Winter Soldier, you have Falcon. Oh shit, we didn't mention Hawkeye. Oh yeah, Hawkeye shows up for the fight. It was yeah. great. Hawkeye uh, saves Scarlet Witch and everything from uh, the compound. Yep. Uh, comes out of retirement because they mentioned he retired and everything. And I think this is the point now where we realize how powerful Scarlet Witch really is because she just threw Vision straight oh, through God, the fucking yeah. earth. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot. I mean, like, I, 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 right. and I, I knew and I'm learning that Scarlet Witch is like a very powerful person in this. But, I mean, my God, she literally drove him through the earth. Like, it didn't right. and feel he's, like he's made of vibranium and, and mind gem. Like, mm-hmm. he, that shouldn't happen. But it did. And it was so cool. She just made him crumble. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> so, Ugh. but, yeah. So, so, okay. So, you got Captain America. You got Falcon. You got Winter Soldier. You got Ant-Man. You got Hawkeye. You got Scarlet Witch on one side. And their whole objective is getting to the um, the plane that's at the hangar. Uh, I think at this point they're because because now everyone knows that Winter Soldier isn't the only Winter Soldier. 
Right. That was e- that everyone. Was, everyone on the Winter Soldiers team knows or that. Suicide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they they realized that Zemo's whole objective was to find out what happened in ninety one, um, and everyone's right now believes that he is trying to find these uh, soldiers so he can control them to create chaos. Right. Um, obviously, we're going to learn later that is not the case. Um, so now they're trying to get to this uh, this plane, this jet, whatever you want to call it, and they get stopped by a beam of light shooting from the sky that draws the legitimate line by Vision. And then all of a sudden you see Vision, you see Iron Man, Black Widow, Black Panther, and Spider-Man all show up. Yeah, and that fight scene was great. We got to see Ant-Man, we got to see Giant-Man, we got to see Spider-Man. And I love I love how Peter Parker the entire time the fight is happening is like, I know we're supposed to be fighting, but your arm is really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then like Hawkeye sits there and tells Spider-Man, it's like, you know, I don't know you've been in many fights, but there's not this much talking. Right. And it, and it really shows you how powerful Marvel is now making Spider-Man. Like, yeah, well, he, he usually uh, he has to hold back in most of the fights that you see uh, in like any of the cartoons, any of the comic books, because most of the time he's just up against your like normal everyday street thug um, who don't have superpowers. So he can't like mm-hmm. punch someone full force because that would kill them. Um, but in this, I mean, he's facing other superhumans, other enhanced humans. And so he can kind of do whatever he wants. And it's, it's, it's just kind of a game to him, which is a little messed up, but it's all, it was also really awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's just so incredible. It's, it's hard to even like fathom everything that happened. And then like, I mean, and they threw the humor in there, you know, like with Black Widow and Hawkeye fighting each other and she's like still friends. He's like, depends on how hard you hit me. Um, you know, the, the mashup between Iron Man and Hawkeye when they say, Hey, what's up? Like, you know, they're still friends. Right. Oh, geez. What was the one? I just thought that that was one of the funny ones. Oh, when uh, Ant-Man became like a giant. And then, yeah. he, and then you have Iron Man sitting here like, hey, if anyone else has a special ability that they never showed before, right now would be the perfect time to do it. <laughs> it was so great. Yeah. And uh, I also love the, the – the, hey, you guys remember that really old movie, yeah. Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I mean, sure, that was 30 generation. years before our time. But, but mm-hmm. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. So then, um, yeah. So they go through the fight scene. Then they realize that not everyone's gonna be able to make it. Um, Captain and Winter Soldier make a dash for it. Everyone else shuts over them and off. Scarlet Witch is literally kicking everyone's ass. Oh God. Uh, Spider Man, uh, you know, he webs Falcon and Winter Soldier to the ground. And another funny moment uh, that I loved right there. Uh, after um, I forget what the little bird thing is that uh, Falcon has, but it, oh yeah, like, red, red wing, yeah, yeah, it does something. Spider Man next mile, where Soldier like couldn't do that earlier. Falcon's like, I really <laughs> hate you. <laughs> um, so all this happens and everything. Uh, when push comes to shove, by the end of the day, Captain Winter Soldier, uh, they get out, they get freed. Uh, stuff happens with Scarlet Witch, where Vision goes to check on them. Iron Man has vision to zap Falcon because Falcon's going after him too. He completely missed Falcon, hits War Machine, and War Machine powers down and has a massive fall to the ground. 
Yeah. Um, survives, but unfortunately he gets uh, really badly hurt. We learn later uh, that he doesn't have function of his legs. Uh, really unfortunate, but I mean, it's Marvel. They'll figure it out. Um, after everything happens, they get away. They go to Russia to find a secret um, lair, I guess you would call it, for Hydra. Uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, he goes to the underwater prison. Um, you know, everyone's in jail in there. Falcon, Scarlet Witch, uh, Hawkeye, Ant-Man are all in there. Draw bad mouth in them. You know, Hawkeye's telling him that he's me- he messed up. He's an idiot. Ant-Man told him, like, Pim always said, never trust a Stark. Tony Stark's like, who are you? Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, and you are? He's like, come on, man. <laughs> Uh, at this point, he knocks out the audio, or has he said he knocked the A out of the AV? Mm-hmm. Um, because he wants Falcon to tell him where he's at, what's going on. He tells him where he's at. He goes to leave, looks up the information that Falcon gave him. Turns out he's right. It was not Winter Soldier who blew up the United Nations. That you know it was really this guy. They found a dead uh, psychiatrist that really wasn't there. Um, a bunch of other things happen. They end up being at the um. The Hydra Lair, uh, where Soldier, Captain America, and Iron Man. Yep. Uh, they walk in expecting to have a fight with five mega soldiers. And to me, this is the first time. If you, you know, besides Coulson and First Avengers, and besides uh, Quicksilver and Second Avengers, this is the first time where you actually see a bullet hole in somebody's head. Right. And a presumably permanent bullet hole. In somebody's absolutely. head. Absolutely. I mean, like they make it clear, and he even says that they died in their sleep. If it makes you know makes you know Bucky feel better, I mean, this is the first legit like bullet hole you see in somebody to where they are absolutely dead, and this is the first time I feel that Dizzy did something like this. Yeah, I agree with you. Um. So as it turns out, they realized that it wasn't Z Zemo. Was not after them to create soldiers. It turns out that he, all along that they were, he was just trying to tear apart the Avengers for what happened in Sarkovia. Um, he reveals to Tony Stark that um, it was one of the soldiers that killed his parents back in 1991. And all of a sudden, a huge fight ensues. Um, Joey, why don't you really quick and just run through the fight uh, from that point? Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, Iron Man completely loses it. He's all, Martha! Oh, except for his mom's <laughs> name is Maria, but I couldn't resist Martha. that joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's for <laughs> Batman now. <laughs> well, I've been making that comparison since the beginning of this yeah, episode, yeah. but... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he just he just completely loses his shit, and even though he knows it's wrong, he cannot help himself. And 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 I think this is this is the example of Tony Stark at the height of his sort of uh, villainy. Um, hopefully, from here, it's it's a redemptive story. But uh, he won't even. I don't even think he would have stopped at the point of killing Cap if if he had had the opportunity, um, especially after he he has his suit rig him up the the schematics on how to defeat cap um in a fist fight uh and oh man it's just brutal um he rips off bucky's arm he ends up uh beating the crap out of captain america um somehow cap comes back changes up his style and ends up slamming his vibranium shield right into tony stark's power core arc reactor machine thing and uh 
that's it. That's the fight. Um, and it was, oh God, it was so great. Um, someone actually, interestingly on the internet pointed out, uh, the way that caps cap crushes, uh, Tony's face mask as he rips it off, mm-hmm. sort of dimples it in a way that makes it look like Ultron's face. Um, which is another way that you can kind of sort of tell who the real villain is here. Um, and then, but what I love here is, uh, the entire time that this is happening, uh, Black Panther is watching it and he realizes, uh, several things. Uh, one that vengeance isn't the way to live your life, uh, because he sees how it's consumed Iron Man. And two, he realizes Bucky is innocent of the one crime and possibly innocent of several other ones because he's just a tool that's being used by these powerful, shadowy government agencies. And so he has the opportunity to actually kill the person who's responsible for the death of his father. And he says, nah, death would be too good for you. And mm-hmm. so he captures Baron Zemo uh, and and Zemo ends up in the same uh, prison, basically, that, that the Winter Soldier was kept in earlier in the film. Yeah. Um, which I thought was just, it's such good character development and it's such a great way to handle it. And, uh, everything about that was just so satisfying to me. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, and, uh, also what I want to point out is, um, right before Captain America and, um, Bucky leave, Stephen Bucky leave, uh, Stark tells him to leave the shield cause the shield isn't his. Yeah. Cause he even says, he's like, He's like, Steven, it's not your shield that belonged to you. My father created it, and he left it. Like He dropped it. Yep. Pretty, pretty much like, a, you know what, you're right. I don't need it kind of thing. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, also, before before Black Panther even caught Zemo, he actually stopped Zemo from creating suicide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was going to kill himself. And, That's true. And I like how they kept him alive because, you know, that leaves him available, you know, to develop into an even stronger character later on in another movie or in another situation. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then uh, so so following that and everything, uh, you get to the final scene of the movie where uh, Rhodes is walking with um, some kind of supports on his legs. Obviously, Stark probably created it. You finally yep. get Stan Lee's cameo in it, looking for uh, Tony Stank. Which was so great. <laughs> uh, he gets a package, opens up the package, out drops a letter and a cell phone, and it's just a note. It's a note from uh, Steve Rogers saying, hey, I'm sorry what happened happened, but it, you know, it happened for a good reason. Um, while he, while the note's being read and everything, you cut through some scenes of the uh, underwater prison. Guards are knocked out and everything. He tells Tony, if you ever need him, call me. You know, we'll always be there. And he's there to break everyone out of the prison, presuming yep. he got everyone out and everyone's free. Yep. And if it were and, Guardians of the Galaxy, you'd be get the, the background music of, I'll be there. <laughs> Speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, and obviously, you know, the credits roll and that is the end of the movie. Um, the but one it's never the end for Marvel. Never truly yet, but this is what pissed me off about the ending post-credit scene is that I was told that there was potentially three different post-credit scenes, and not one of those what I was told was actually a post-credit scene. And I don't <laughs> want, and I don't want get, I, I don't want, I don't want to mention what the post-credit scenes are. I'm tell you right now, I'm pissed about the uh, final one oh, because yes. that was that wasted my time. Oh, um, I love that one. Basically, you Panthers heard when me and Travis went, you heard booing in the theater. Oh, yeah. Seriously? Yes. Oh, yeah. 
Um, but there's two. There's two credits. Because they were setting up a movie for a black guy? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that was bad. I just I couldn't resist that joke either. <laughs> no, but uh, there's two credit scenes. There's uh, there's the pre-rolling credits and there's a post-rolling credit. Uh, I don't want to get into what those are. You know, save some kind of surprise for everyone who listens to this and hasn't seen the movie yet. But I would tell you that it was not Guardians of the Galaxy um, uh, credit scene, which I wish it would have been, but it wasn't. Uh, I was also told it was supposed to be a Doctor Strange one, which there wasn't. And I was also told it was supposed to be a Thor Hulk one, which there also wasn't. And the Thor Hulk one was the one I was hoping for the most. Yeah, that would have been good. Because they were mentioned in the movie where Ross flat out said, where's Thor? Where's Banner? You know, if I I misplaced a nuclear warhead, I'd get in trouble, you know, and stuff like that. Yep. Um, But overall, this was a great movie. Um... I would put it at my top five. I like, I mean, like, and I liked all the Captain America movies, don't get me wrong, because my top five consists of all three Captain Americas and both Avenger movies. Nice. So, I mean, and I, it might be a Steve Rogers Captain America thing, um, but I, th- I think it was great, um, and I'm glad it came out, and I'm bummed knowing that this is supposedly the last Captain America movie itself. I think I think it is supposed to be, and I would agree. This is the only movie I have ever given a perfect ten out of ten to. Yes, I saw your uh, Facebook comment. Yep, <laughs> yep. It's the only one. I've seen lots of movies over the course of my life. This is the only one that I consider is perfect from beginning to end. It was a very very good movie. Yeah, yeah. I was I was happy with it. I mean, it to me this and this to me watching it was just like when I saw Deadpool. I mean, like, I'm sitting there, like, and I check my phone, an hour and 45 minutes into the movie, it felt like it felt like I was there for, like, maybe half an hour. Like Absolutely. It, like, it went by quick. See, now I had the complete opposite reaction on that. It felt like I was sitting there a really long time. See, now, okay, so now you saw it twice. So, I mean, did you have that feeling both times? Or just oh, yeah, times? I had it both times. I mean, I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But it just <laughs> felt like it was really long. I got you. I got you. Well, um, yeah, so definitely check out uh, Captain America Winter, uh, Winter Soldier. Captain America Civil War if you have not done so already because you will not dis- be disappointed. Um, hey, Joey. Hey, Travis. Uh, every week our fans can catch Geekcast Show here at uh, this freaking show. Um, but if they can't quite get their fill of Geekcast Show here over here at this freaking show, where else can they go? If you haven't gotten your fill of Geekcast Joe, you can find me over at the Geekcast Live Podcast at geekcastlivepodcast.com slash podcast. Or if you're really lazy and want to remember the cool address, it's gcl.ninja. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud by searching Geekcast Live at 11 a.m. on Saturdays. Nice. Um... All right, did did we did we forget to talk about anything? I don't think so. Oh, is everything covered? Perfect. Um, oh, real quick before uh, I tell you where you can find us, which obviously you can probably know where to find us by now. Um, Zombie with a shotgun is no longer a Kickstarter. Oh, okay. They they canceled that and they actually created a uh, Indiegogo for it. Oh wow! They decided to go Indiegogo. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, so if you go to our website and you find the uh, Kickstarter link, uh, it's going to take you to a canceled um, Kickstarter. So uh, we'll put up the link to the Indiegogo part. Uh, I still recommend you going and checking it out. Uh, we're actually set up to next week have a executive producer from the show on to talk a little more about the movie and the new Indiegogo. Um, also, if you found out or if you listened to last week's show, uh, we interviewed uh, CJ Standall, the creator of um, Rebirth of a Gangster. Rebirth of a Gangster, uh, which you can find that I believe you can find it on Amazon uh, Kindle. Yep. And uh, what else is going on? Yeah, I guess that's about it. You know, nothing, nothing really else going on from right this point so um if there is anything going on and i haven't mentioned it you can find it on our uh, twitter just by searching this freaking show we'll throw things on our facebook just by searching this freaking show you can find that there too uh go to itunes you know check out all our shows uh i believe this is number 28 so that means you have 26 others because 27's conspiracy series never really happened so there's 26 other shows you can catch before this one is released uh while they're giving us a rating of five stars and tell us why you love us i mean we know why we love us, but I want to hear from you as well. Uh, go to our website, uh, com, where you can find out where we're going to be at convention-wise, find out you know what we're doing, little contests we're having, galleries of where we've been, and a contact section where you can send us emails, tweets, Facebooks, Instagrams, however you feel you want to contact us. We love hearing from you. Uh, if you're on Twitter and you have a question for us or anything you want to say to us, use the hashtag FreakingSane. We will mention it on the show. As always, I am Travesty. I'm Awkward Colin. And I'm Geekcast Joe. Thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.